Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. That's the name of the Lord. Amen. One of the things that we should never have to encourage believers to do is to continue to praise the name of Jesus. Sometimes we act like our hands are tired. Sometimes we act like our feet are tired. But when you think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you, amen, people should have to stop you from praising him. Amen. They should have to say, hold on, hold on. Don't clap anymore. Come on. Bless the name of Jesus. The Lord is good. The Lord is greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. We thank the Lord for this day. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We thank the Lord for this day. Thank the Lord for his goodness and his greatness and for him allowing us uh, to come together this morning. Amen. We thank God for our visitors who are with us, who came, our Carter's family. Amen. Amen. On both sides. Amen. Who came to join in with us this morning in our, in, in his uh, baptismal and in, in recognizing, witnessing his baptism uh, in the Lord. Thank God for all of our other visitors and friends who are here this morning as well and any visitors of the family that has come to join with us this morning hallelujah the Lord is good and the Lord is greatly to be praised this morning this morning we're in the book of Acts chapter 1 I should have turned that with me And we're going to read verses 4 through 8 from the text that was read earlier, beginning chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in, all and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
Amen. I want to talk about this morning being faithful stewards of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Being faithful stewards of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you, Lord, that you, that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So, Lord, thank you for what your word is going to do in our lives as you prosper it to cause it to accomplish what you desire in our lives this morning. Be glorified in this place. Anoint me afresh to speak your word and minister to your people this morning. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Being faithful stewards of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. So please, man, man, please, sir, don't be worried. We're not running around speaking in tongues this morning. Amen. But if you follow us in the teaching, if you follow us in the teachings in our school of ministry, Bible studies, this will be the lesson that the youth will talk about today. And also what the adults and young adults will talk about on Wednesday and Thursday nights. Okay. So I am not claiming uh, that all of this information the Holy Spirit downloaded to me, but this is, some of it is from that lesson. And these lessons are so critical. They are so critical to bring an understanding uh, in the body of Christ and helping us develop sound theology. Uh, so I'm going to go into the Word this morning and let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Amen. I do encourage you to tune in to the teachings uh, this week. And prayerfully, it will encourage you to tune in every week. So Sunday before last, because I wasn't here last Sunday, uh, I began, I started talking about stewardship. And, and uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. The Bible says, it is required in a steward that a man be found faithful. We talked about how a steward is a manager and how the Lord has placed responsibility in our hands of the things that, uh, that, that we're blessed with, with this world, with our resources, and, 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 and everything that we have. It really belongs to the Lord. You don't even belong to yourself because you couldn't create the dust of the ground that created you. You belong to the Lord. Every breath you take, the air belongs to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Every, every piece of energy you use uh, to lift the finger, it comes from God. We, we own nothing. We own nothing. It all belongs to God. We, we belong to God, and we're supposed to manage faithfully those things that the Lord has placed in our hands. Amen. So we talked about last Sunday, and I realized in that particular text, uh, Paul is talking about being stewards of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He's talking about being stewards of the gospel and the things that the Lord reveals, had revealed to the apostles and how they are to faithfully handle his word and faithfully handle the revelation and communicate the revelation to the people. That will be faithful stewards. It's required in a steward that a man be found faithful. A man be found faithful. As, as they would use the mysteries of the kingdom to advance the kingdom. Uh, to nurture people in their faith, 
and to make disciples, to make disciples for the continuing work of God. It's an important task, very, very, very important task. And it's one that every believer should be engaged in. Many of us spend our lifetimes trying to raise up disciples and encourage people, disciples of Jesus, to get involved in the work. But we, we will die seeing a lot of people that grew up under us sitting down doing nothing because somehow or another people don't buy into that concept. I know that part of the problem is that, that somehow or another over the years, the church has kind of trained us to think that this part of the work of ministry is given to the fivefold ministry gift, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher. But we, don't, we somehow or another have not done a, a, a good enough job in encouraging people to use their gifts that the Holy Spirit has blessed them with to advance the kingdom. You have a part to play in this process. You may not be a preacher in name, but because we are a priesthood of believers, you are a proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You may not stand behind this sacred desk and preach the gospel, but on your job, you're supposed to be preaching the gospel. And I'm not talking about preaching from a, from a, a, a systematic, chronological, planned out way, but just proclaiming the gospel of Jesus because you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. At some point or another, you gave your life to Jesus. Amen? You committed your way to Jesus. Now, you may have strayed away along the way, but it does not change the fact that at some point or another, you gave your life to Jesus. Amen? And you can sing the song, My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself away. But what happens is we gave ourselves to Jesus one day and then we took self back. We started living life like it belonged to us. Like, like you know, we, is that, that, that psalm says, I am the captain of my fate. I am the master of my soul. We had to learn that in college when I was, when at that time I was pledging, discovered that I didn't need to be a part of a fraternity and renounce my membership. But, but I am not the captain of my fate. I am not the master of my soul. Amen. If I ever get to that point that I begin to think that way, then I can worship myself. Amen. I can decide what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And it is not that way. The Lord Jesus Christ is the captain of my faith. He's the master of my soul. Amen. And whether people submit to Jesus or not, it is the truth. And that's the reason that at the end of life, whenever you die, whenever your end comes, that if you are not a believer, you are going to be cast into that lake that burns to fire and brimstone because you belong every per, every everybody in this world belongs to Jesus amen we can get caught up into well are all of these people going to hell that don't follow Jesus well the bible says Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except he come by me so the only way to God the only way into heaven is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you may not like it other people may not like it people may argue against it but the world belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that, be, that, that, that live in the world. It belongs to God and this is the order that God has set up. I, the Bible is very clear. Amen. Hell hath enlarged himself, itself and opened itself uh, beyond measure. Amen. When I read that scripture, I began to pray. Lord, how has hell, why has hell enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure? And the Spirit of the Lord said, because so many people are going. 
Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that go in thereby. But broad is the way, wide is the gate that leads to destruction and many go in thereby. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, whether people argue with it or not, it doesn't really doesn't matter. Uh, there was a, a play years ago, I think, when I was in college. It was, I think the title, of it, the title of it was, Your Arms Are Too Short to Box with God. Amen. Amen. Too short. You can't box with God and win. He's sovereign. This is his world. And we face today a lot of people wanting to argue with God about the standards that he set up in his word. And you just can't win. Just can't win. But we are priesthood of believers. Amen. We can't leave the task uh, of proclaiming the gospel only for those of us with the leadership gifts or with the, within what we may call the fivefold ministry gifts. And so, therefore, each one of us must study. Each one of us must faithfully sit under the teaching of the word of the Lord. Each one of us must engage in proclaiming the word of God. And each one of us must put into practice what we know. Amen. Now, now there is something that's called prioritizing that we must learn to do. Put in first things first. We must engage in that in our lives. Okay. Yes, the gospel is important. It's through the proclamation of the gospel that people come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. But many people struggle right here. That's why we don't have a lot of people who are engaged in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. They struggle at this point. They struggle with seeing themselves as proclaimers of the gospel. Amen. For one thing, uh, as I said earlier, they've been trained. People have been trained that only those with the title, bishop, pastor, preacher, elder, minister, uh, they're the ones who should take on this task of proclaiming the gospel. And consequently, since they don't see themselves as having this particular calling, amen, they might... Their mindset is that they don't have to do it. They don't have to do it. Amen? That's what people's mindset is. And secondly, I, I believe that, that, that people just don't do it because they feel like they have so many other things to do. Just living life and enjoying life to the fullest. You know? And so they don't engage in the proclamation. I mean, after all, when you go to work, and you come home and you watch television and you eat, you eat dinner and you go fishing and you go to the park and uh, you go to the mall and you go get your hair done. And you go to the barber shop and, you know, you do all of these things. Who has time to study the word of the Lord? Who has time? Leave that to the preacher. Let him study and let him come and spoon feed us. <laughs> I was so blessed uh, at one particular time, Elder Hoskins and I went to hear this guy speak, and we were sitting at the table with 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 a group of men, and 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 just hearing them talk. They were not preachers, what have you, but you knew that they were that they were uh, apologists in a sense. They were studying the Word of God. They knew the Word of God, and it's blessed to sit with a believer who doesn't have the title 
preacher, pastor, bishop, evangelist, but you know that they're in the word of God. Just by that conversation, you know that they studied the word of God. You bring up concepts and you begin to talk about different theological concepts and they can engage in conversation with you. And that, that's what we're trying to do here at Tabernacle of Praise, if y'all don't know it. Amen? If you haven't realized it yet, I want people who are part of this ministry to know as much or more than I know. And you're able to, you're able to, to defend the faith that you say you believe in. Amen? And somehow or another, we got to get this thought out of our minds. I can't study. I can't learn. I can't remember. We got to get that out of our mind. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. You may not have a master's or doctorate degree, but you have the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, amen, you don't need anybody to teach you. And we'll bring that into context because you have an unction from the Holy One. Now, the context of that was is that those people that, that John was dealing with, there were people who entered into the faith and were trying to pull people away from Christ. And he said, the things that you've learned, you don't need anybody else to teach you anything because you have an unction from I'm the Holy One who teaches you all things. We have that same unction. And when we give ourselves to studying the Word of God, He begins to bring revelation and insight, amen, into our lives. Glory to God. And, and when we begin to hear things that's not right, we know that, you know, that we may not know everything about it, but we know that doesn't, that just doesn't sound right. That sound right. You know. I posted something on Facebook this week because, you know, I get tired of people and Christians saying, I'm sending prayers your way. I'm sending vibes. I put out there, are you a witch? You sending vibes? Are you a demon? Are you a spiritist? You send, I don't want your vibes. Don't send prayers to me. I can't answer prayer. Only God can answer prayer. People hear stuff in the world and there's so much new age stuff and so much foolishness in the world. Then believers begin to pick up on it because they don't know what to say. Well, the reason you don't know what to say is that you're not in this word. You're not studying this word. You're not taking the word seriously. Don't send vibes to me. You sending vibes to me, you must be a witch. I want the Holy Ghost. I want everything that the Holy Spirit has to, has to speak to me. Amen. And, 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 as you, and as I get in the Word of God and yield to Him, He speaks to me. Anyway, so uh, a lot of people are struggling with this whole issue of, of being, well, I guess I should say being committed to Jesus. Because a lot of people have joined the church. You'd be surprised at the number of people in the United States alone who at one point had made a faith commitment to Jesus, have been baptized and been a part of the church, and now they have nothing to do with the church. People will say, somebody offended me. Well, get over it. They, got, they offended Jesus. Amen. Grow up. You're going to be offended. You're going to be hurt. Amen. Amen. Things are going to happen in the body of Christ because you're dealing with people as we grow into who God wants us to be. Amen. But that's a key part of this that the Lord is going to bring out today that's going to help us if we really want help. 
You know, none of us are perfect, but we need Jesus. I'm saved because of Jesus, not because I'm perfect. I'm saved because I trusted in the finished work of Christ on Calvary, not because I'm perfect. I'm going to heaven when I die because I've trusted in the finished work of Christ on Calvary. I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord, not because I am perfect. Amen. You think you got to be perfect to get to heaven, you won't get there. Without Jesus, there's no other way into the kingdom of God. Amen. So studying and praying about this, the Lord, the Lord said to me that if you're just going to focus on where people struggle with becoming proclaimers of the gospel, that's the wrong place to begin. Okay? That's the wrong place to start with in tackling this matter of the lack of interest and a lack of commitment to the stewardship of the gospel. Amen. He said, my people will not have a love for my word until they develop a love for me and my spirit. And I need to say right here that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not separating God and the spirit. Because you love the Holy Ghost, you love God. Because the spirit is the spirit of God. And the spirit is the spirit of Christ. Amen. Um, so the Lord took me to the scripture in Acts. And I want you to just hear again the words uh, that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. All right. He said to them, he said, being assembled there with them in, uh, in uh, where they were, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. Now, Jesus, Jesus in John chapter chapters, I think, 14 through 16, talks about the Holy Spirit and sending the Holy Spirit, all right, into the world. He wouldn't leave his disciples comfortless without a helper. He was going to send the Holy Spirit. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with, I'm looking for an answer. You shall be baptized with, what? Who? Amen. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? That question does not go along with what Jesus said. Their minds are not in the right place. A lot of times in church, among believers, our minds are not in the right place. All right. And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. And that's a nice way of saying that's not your business. That's not your concern. Again, their mindset was not what Jesus' mindset was. Because they're still thinking of a political ruler, a political leader that will restore Israel and the kingdom of Israel. That's where their mind is. He said, but you shall receive power when, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Ah, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You shall be dipped, immersed into my body by the Holy Spirit. You become a part of me 
by the Holy Spirit. Now, well, I'll say it here, and I may say it later on. In our effort in the body of Christ to help understand this, when we didn't understand it, we have developed all of these denominations. And a lot of it, if it doesn't deal with the deity of Christ, a lot of it has to do with the Holy Spirit and his work. Because this group says that group is wrong. So we're going to establish our own group. Okay, and we're going to teach right doctrine. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day. We were having a discussion, another pastor, and he grew up in a different denomination. And I don't subscribe to denominations, all right? Uh, that's why we, we're, we're just Tabernacle of Praise Church International. Uh, denominations may be good for you, but, but when you start studying the Bible, you realize that a lot of these denominations, people took a little bit, a little piece, and they started a group around that little piece. Amen. If, I, I can discuss that a little bit more in another session. All right. All right. Uh, the key thing that Jesus told them as he focused them in on the work, on the mission, on the reason that he came into this world and that he called us out of darkness into his light to follow him, the key thing was that a relationship that a fellow, and, and fellowship with the Holy Spirit was a non-negotiable in the vision and the implementation of this work. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's what he said. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. Now, let's, let's look a little, bit young, a little bit beyond the jerking and the shaking and the speaking in other tongues and the prophecy. He's talking about relationship. He's talking about fellowship. Men, and the church has missed that because we put the other things first and now we divide ourselves among whether you speak in tongues or not. You don't speak in tongues. There's a particular church that says, I was, man was talking to me one day. He said, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? I said, yes, I am. He said, did you speak with other tongues when you came up out of the water? I said, no, I didn't. He said, you need to go back again. And they built a whole doctrine around being baptized in the name of Jesus which is the authority of Jesus, and we baptize in the authority of Jesus, amen, and whether we use Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or Jesus, we're still baptizing in the authority of Jesus because everything we do is in the authority of Jesus. And let me tell you something. The Lord is not a nitpicker when it comes to that. Amen. We've, the churches have developed entire doctrines around minor things to separate us. To say that they, I'm, our group is better than that group. We have a different revelation. But that is not the issue. The issue is that every believer needs to have a relationship and needs to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So the thing that was going to help the disciples, the thing that will help us and, 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 and help people in every age is our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Well, you said, 
Pastor, why is the Holy Spirit so important? Jesus said it. Jesus said, I'm going away to leave you, but I will not leave you comfortless. Now, you got to picture this. Jesus is in the flesh when he's talking. He's on a human body. Oh, I better clarify that. Because today when we talk about being in the flesh, we're talking about being sinful. So, so Jesus was in a human body. He was walking the face of the earth in a human body. He voluntarily yielded up his, 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 his godness, amen, so that he could be a perfect example for you and me. He could have used his power, and sometimes he did in miracles, but he could have used his power anytime he wanted to, but then he would not have been that sufficient sacrifice for you and me. He would not have been that example for you and me. So in the, in, in the human body, he was limited to time and space. He could only be at one place at one time. So he says, I'm going away to leave you, but I will not leave you helpless. I will not leave you as orphans. I will send the Holy Spirit. So we live in what we call the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit because we see how Holy Spirit is ministering and guiding and leading the church in this time and it's supposed to continue, but we've gotten back in the flesh. So, what is a ministry of the Holy Spirit? Okay? Because none of us will ever be successful in knowing anything deeply spiritual. Uh, none of us will be successful in fulfilling or faithful in fulfilling our assignments in life. And let me tell you, each one of you have an assignment. Amen. Don't sit around and think that just because you have not uh, uh, been called a preacher, there's no assignment on your life. I share this a lot. I was talking with my mechanic, and I said to him, I said, you ought to go on a mission field with me. He said, go on a mission field? What would I do on the mission field? I said, there are a whole lot of cars that are broken down. Why are you fixing the car? You can tell people about Jesus. There's a place for you, and you don't have to go all the way to Africa. Right in your community, there's a place for you. There's some things that you need to be doing. There's some children's lives that you need to be touching. There's a married couple that's going through some, some serious problems in their lives, and you need to be praying for them. There is an assignment on your life. Yeah. So we won't be faithful in fulfilling our assignment without the Holy Spirit and without this relationship with the Holy Spirit. His ministry is to reveal Christ to us. His ministry is to teach us, to guide us, to help us, to illuminate us to the things of God, to counsel us, to empower us, to convict us, to bring us to bring things back to our remembrance. His ministry is to keep us in the will of God and to lead us in fulfilling the will of God in our lives. His ministry is to reveal truth to us and to help us to discern error and deception. You know why people get caught up in error? They're not yielding to the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that they've never been baptized into the body of Christ. But they're not yielding. They don't have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will immediately convict you when you're confronted with error or when you're about to even make a bad decision. Holy Spirit will speak to you. When you need guidance, he will speak to you. But you have to have relationship with him and you have to maintain that fellowship with him. Amen? Now, I know I can't preach all of this this morning, but if you tune in to the teaching 
Today, young people in Wednesday night, adults and Thursday night, young adults, you'll get the whole lesson. Amen. This is just a precursor, prelude. I hope it will stir your attention. He is so critical. He is so critical to the life of the believer. All right, so critical to the fulfillment of the will of God in this life. Amen. Excuse me. He is so critical that Satan fights him. Amen. Tooth and nail. And he fights us to keep us separated, disconnected, and divided so that we can't listen to him and fulfill the will of God in our lives. Yeah. So since he's so crucial in in this life and in this ministry that we're called to do, what is it that we need to engage in, engage with him more about? Well, the Holy Spirit, as I said, has already come. We don't have to go to Jerusalem and wait. Okay. Another whole church doctrine. Come to the church, get on your knees and tarry. Wait for the Holy Ghost. Clap your hands. Say Jesus. Say Jesus. Say Jesus. (laughs) If you say Jesus fast enough, then you'll lose your language and start speaking another tongue. Well, that, 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 that may work for some people, but it didn't work for me. When I was reading, I was doing a study on the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God came upon me and I started speaking in other tongues. I didn't tarry at the altar. But we've made this the way. Amen. Some of us have made this the way. And we are people at the altar, foaming at the mouth, rolling on the floor, trying to get the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will the Holy, will God give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Ask. Ask, 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 ask. All right. So, so, so we're seeking a clearer understanding. That's all we're doing. We're just seeking a clearer understanding. Amen. Because God wants us to come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And that's what Holy Spirit is doing in the world today. He's bringing believers, even if they may stay in their denominations, he's bringing them to a clearer understanding of the truth. So we come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God that we may be a mature body. Amen. Amen. So, uh, to develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit, first point is that you need to be passionate about Jesus. You need to be passionate about Jesus. You know what passion is? Oh, you know what passion is. You've been in love before. You're in love now. I don't want to get too graphic. But anyhow, we know what passion is. There's a burning desire to be with a person. A burning desire to hear, to talk to that person. A burning desire to be in the presence of that person. Passion. A burning desire to do a particular thing. Passion. Passion. So so in the study, Dr. Evans talked about having a passion for Jesus. Why do you need to have a passion for Jesus? Well, uh, well, let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 38 first. As Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost, Peter says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know 
most certainly, uh, 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 most assuredly, that God has made the same Jesus that you crucified, both Lord and Christ. God has made this Jesus that you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Let's start right there. Because a lot of people wonder, why do we need to worship Jesus? Somebody asked me the other day, why do we worship on Sunday when the Bible says that Saturday is the Sabbath? I said, well, you got to go to Jesus. He was raised on the third day, which was Sunday morning. And we worship on Sunday because we honor our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, that God has made both Lord, a Lord is the ruler, and Christ, the anointed one who saves. All right? So that, that's key. That's key. Peter was preaching to those people who were behind the crucifixion, who were the authors of the crucifixion. Well, God, God orchestrated this. It had to happen because if they had known what they were doing, they would not have crucified Jesus. Amen? So his death had, for him to be the sacrificial lamb, he had to be crucified. Okay? Uh, and, 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 and so Jesus is glorified because God glorified him. And we must glorify him. Then when you go to John chapter 16, verses 13 through 14, as Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, and I won't read all of those verses, but you can write them down. He says he will not speak of his own initiative. What he shares with you will be for me. In essence, then he says, he shall glorify me for he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. So you know what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is first is to glorify Jesus. Let's glorify Jesus. That's his purpose. That's why he was sent into the world. Christ Jesus, the man only lived on earth three years. But his ministry it's still going on. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he ever lives to make intercession for us. But the Holy Spirit's job is to glorify me. That's why ministry is not about me, nor is it about you. Okay? That's why the gift you have is not about you. It's about Jesus. And we must glorify Jesus. When we ever think that it's about me, I got this anointing now. The Lord used me to heal somebody. Now I start a healing ministry. And tied with that healing ministry is an offering. Mind you now, Mind you, watch it. Watch it. Tied to that prophetic ministry, the next thing you become big, now you got a prophetic conference, and the next thing is an offer. It's not about you. It's not about any of us. We're here to glorify Jesus. Amen. So you need to fall in love with Jesus. Oh, I know people, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not that spiritual. You know, I'm not a Jesus freak. You better be a Jesus freak. Amen. You better love Jesus. Amen. You better glorify Jesus because the only way the Holy Spirit is going to live and work and operate in you is that you're on the same page he's on. You got to have the same agenda that he has. His agenda is to glorify Jesus. And if you want him working and operating in your life, if you want relationship with him, if you want fellowship with him, you need to be glorifying Jesus. Amen. Amen. Ooh, Amos 3 and 3, God asked a question to, to Israel. How shall two walk together except they agree? So if you don't agree with the Holy Spirit, he ain't walking with you. No. 
And because he's Lord, he's the spirit of the Lord, he's not changing his way for you. He's not changing his agenda for you. He's not. That's why people, when people argue with the Holy Spirit and think they're going to win, and we follow the agenda of the world, we follow whatever they say on television and in music. We, I, we get our minds so boggled up in this stuff that we think God is wrong. And we've determined in this world, and you know, I don't want to get into politics, but, but, but we're so mixed up in the Western world that we think everybody has to be like us. You watch the political agenda. Just watch it. And I'm, not, I'm speaking of Democrats and Republicans because there's no Christian party. Amen. There's not a political party who is here to glorify Jesus. I don't care if so-called evangelicals call themselves followers of Jesus. A lot of times they're off base. And we've seen it. And definitely a lot of us, even in the church, we're off base. Because we will follow an agenda of the world. Have you ever looked at the platform of Black Lives Matter? Have you ever really looked at the platform? Not many of us have because we don't read. There's no way that that platform glorifies Jesus. Most of us, when we say Black Lives Matter, we're not thinking about the platform, but we're associated with it. People will get mad at you. Somebody's going to leave here today angry at this statement. But look at the platform and ask yourself the question, is it biblically based? It can't be biblically based when the founders are not biblically based. Ooh. We are about, Holy Spirit is about glorifying Jesus. So if we want to develop and have relationship with him, first thing is we have to have a passion for Jesus. You, have to, you got to pray in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. You got you to walk by the spirit of Christ. There's just so many things that the Bible speaks of. Second thing, second thing, is that we must, it's important for us, if we want relationship, if we want to be good stewards of our relationship with the Holy Spirit, then we must seek to preserve his unity. Preserve his unity. Now, I've already talked about denominations, but let me just back up. When we look at the church world, we don't see unity. You can't see unity when you got Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians, Holiness, uh, Pentecostals, whatever else. You can't see unity there. You can't see. So we try to work along this thing and we try to, you know, find people who are like minded. But when you get into this real issue of this, we're not unified. We're not. I said to our ministerial association one time, and they were talking about us coming together. And I pushed the whole thing about the community of York being more inclusive and coming together. And I said to them in one discussion, I said, you know what? We really don't talk about the deep issues of our doctrines or of our faith because many of us don't believe the same thing. But the Bible says, amen, that we are to walk by the same rule, that we are to mind the same things. So if I ever find my doctrine off base, my doctrine is not my idol. I worship Jesus. So if my church doctrine is off, I don't need to follow my doctrine. I need to follow Jesus. 
We're to seek to maintain this unity. To maintain this unity, I need to discover what his unity is. Not pull out, pull away from somebody else because my doctrine is different. Yeah. Yes, sir. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 3 through 6, be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of faith. Uh, in the bond of peace, there is one body, there is one Spirit, just as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through you all. One. One. Not five. There's not a Presbyterian God. There's not a holiness God. There's not a Baptist God. One. How many of us are seeking? And we're taught, not, we don't, we're not to create the unity. The unity is already there. There's harmony in the Godhead. There's no confusion in the Godhead. God's not at war with Jesus. Jesus is not at war with the Holy Spirit. There's unity. There's harmony in the Godhead. So we are only seek to seek to preserve it. So we need to bring, we need to help people bring the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus into the world today that is so divided, even in the church world. And then on an individual level, we need to seek peace. We need to seek harmony. We need to seek unity among ourselves and do everything we can to preserve that. That's why the Bible says you ought to love one another. And you go to the book of Corinthians and it does this whole chapter on love, sacrificial love. But then when you study the epistles, you hear so much about what we need to do to avoid being divisive in the fellowship. We don't need cliques in the church. We don't. That's divisive. That's divisive. We are even to forbear with one another in love. We're not to be gossipers, tale bearers. How do you know about what goes on in other people's lives if they didn't tell you? All you got to do is go to Facebook a lot of times or the internet or the telephone. People talk. People talk. They are tale, tale bearers. Tail bearers. The Bible teaches us against that. And it brings division. Well, we are to seek, we are to be diligent about maintaining the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And the bond of peace. The unity. So each one of us, we have a responsibility in the body to maintain, to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Lastly, lastly, for those, uh, according to Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 7, for those who live according to the flesh, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, in essence, it said, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Okay? The things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
Because a carnal mind is enmity, it's hostile against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. There's a word that stands out in that verse. That word is mind. Mind. If we are to be good stewards of our relationship with the Holy Spirit and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we have to practice spiritual disciplines and we learn those spiritual disciplines through studying the Word of God. So our minds are transformed. Amen. It has to start in the mind. Amen. God has to deal with your mind and the devil is battling your mind as well. All right. He has to deal with your mind. So that you can be spiritually minded. Now hear it. Set your mind. Set your mind. Set your mind. I grew up in the country and we had chickens. And in order to get new chickens, the hen had to lay eggs. Of course, the rooster had to be involved in the process. Hen had to lay eggs. Had legs. And when the mother hen had enough eggs, she was set on that nest until those baby chicks hatched. Set your mind. Set your mind on things of the spirit. So if I'm setting my mind on the things of the spirit, there are certain things I can't allow my mind to go to. Because my mind is set on things of the spirit. Okay? Focus what, 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 what Paul is saying is that we have to discipline our minds to be focused on the realm of the spirit. Think about where your mind goes every day. Guess who has control of your mind? You do. You control how much television you watch or how much TV you allow your children to watch. How much you allow your children to be on, on the internet. Parents control that. Children don't control that unless you allow them to control it. There are things that are taught in school, but you should be over your house. And you should know how to teach spiritual things to keep your children focused on spiritual things. But if your mind is not there, your children's mind can't be there. If you haven't disciplined your mind on spiritual things, you can't expect your children to be disciplined on spiritual things. So, let me wrap this up real quick. Yeah. The Bible says, as man thinketh, so is he. So where's your mind? Where's your mind? Where's your mind? Now, the Bible says that we are to be, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only way your mind is going to be renewed as you yield to the Holy Spirit is that you yield to those things that he loves. The Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture. He's the author of Scripture. Holy men of God, led by the Spirit of God to write these words. So he loves the Word. So you got to love the Word. And you got to give yourself to reading and studying and practicing the Word. That's why we spend so much time emphasizing this. And yet, we have people who will not pick their Bibles up from one week to the next. Say, so you don't know. You have people talking about God, and they say off-base things because they're not in the Word. They're not in the Word. That's what the Holy Spirit, he's the author. He wants you to read what he wrote. 
Dr. Evans says the Bible is a love letter to us because God loves us and he wrote us a letter. Don't just look at it as a historical book. Don't just look at it as a piece of literature, but look at it as God writing his word to us, his creatures, because he loves us. And we got to get in this word. We got to get in this word. Let me have, let me have 50 people get up and preach the word of God. I'm not talking about getting up and mm, Jesus is all right. He's all right, but you know, we don't need to hear that. We've been hearing that all along. Tell me what the Bible says. Tell me how to live my life. Explain the Trinity to me. Explain the doctrines of the faith to me. This is what I need. Whew. Yes, 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 yes. Practice the discipline. Let me tell you something. Practicing is on us. I'm not finished with that. I'm going to come back to that, but I just saw that on my paper. Practice is up to you. Go to the gym. Well, join a baseball team, football team, and don't practice. What's going to happen? You're going to get cut. You don't know the game. You don't know the rules. I used to watch my son. I never played football, but we go to the practices. And I watched those coaches teach them how to fall and how to roll over. And I'm saying, why are they doing all of this? Then I realized when I got into football more that those things were important basics to keep them from getting hurt later on. God has given you some important basics to keep you from getting hurt later on because the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you listen to the devil, he'll have your life all mixed up. You'll be tore up from the flow up and then saying God loves you. Yeah, yeah, God loves you, but your life is messed up. You need to get your life in line with the Lord, which means to bring your life back in line with the Holy Spirit as he's revealed it in the Bible. He's given you these things to keep you from getting hurt, but yet you reject these things. Get in the word. Prayer. Pray. It's a discipline of the Holy Spirit. He prompts you to talk to God. You need fellowship with God. You need fellowship with Jesus. And in prayer, you do that. It takes us from this level to the next level. If we pray, the Lord uses trials. He uses your trials. In the lesson that you, as you studied, Dr. Evans talks about how trials are like training wheels. And, and well, like God taking the training wheels off your spiritual life. How many of you remember as a child riding a bicycle and you didn't know how to keep your balance and didn't know how to keep the wheels going? So your parents put training wheels on. But at a certain point, took the training wheels off. Now, you may have had some accidents after that, but you learned the basics riding a bicycle. God allows trials in your life. Paul said, James says, count it all joy when you fall in the diver's trials. Why? Because the trying of your faith develops patience. And when patience has had its complete work, you shall be entire. You shall be mature. You won't lack anything. Don't run from the trials. God is doing, the Holy Spirit is doing something in you in the midst of your trials. So I'm not well, I won't say you ought to practice trials, because <laughs> none of us like trials. Just don't run from them. Finally, and this is not in the lesson, but as I was, as I was doing this, dealing with this, if I'm going to have and maintain my relationship and my fellowship with the Holy Spirit, I need worship. I got to worship. Got to worship. My studying of the Word is going to lead me to worship. 
Amen. My prayer is going to lead me to worship. My trials are going to push me to worship. Amen. Worship in my private life. You know, so I tell you some of the best times I have when I'm, I'm all alone, riding in my car, just worshiping the Lord. Sometimes I have to kind of back off of the, of the accelerator because I get kind of feeling good, you know. And then before I realize it, I'm about 90 miles per hour. Back up because I don't want a speeding ticket. At home, just worshiping the Lord. So when I come to the fellowship of believers, then I am excited to join. In. Worship is not a burden. Amen. I don't seek an opportunity to miss corporate worship. I seek every opportunity and every reason to be in corporate worship. Because that helps me in my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a whole lot more to this. I just hope that you tune in and listen to the teachings. Because there's a whole lot more in this, in this topic of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and how much we need him. And as we're studying this, we should be saying, Lord, I see. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I got the revelation now. It's going to keep us from warring with people about doctrine and telling them they're not saved. Because now we see his purpose. see his purpose, and we see how he helps us to live our lives, to fulfill our destiny, to do the work of ministry, to fulfill the assignment on our lives. We can't do it on our own. Jesus said, don't worry about when, the, when God is going to come back. Don't worry about when the kingdom is going to be restored to Israel. You're just totally off base. Be filled with my spirit. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to empower you. In essence, I want you to develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit and maintain that fellowship. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Stephen didn't know that he was going to be stoned to death. He didn't know it. Peter and John probably didn't know that they were going to be put in prison for preaching the gospel. Paul didn't know that he was going to be uh, stoned and left for dead, having to be let out of a window by rope. He didn't know because God doesn't reveal everything to us. We were really ruined then. He said, I'm not signing up for that, Lord. But along the way, as you develop your relationship with him, he keeps you, he empowers you, he strengthens you. He gives you that resolve. For Christ I live, and for Christ I will die. What about it this morning? What about it this morning? Who are you in your relationship with the Holy Spirit? The Lord wants you as he wants me to continue to develop this relationship and continue to preserve this fellowship so that we can be the persons that he wants us to be. Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus.
I pray that the word this morning has been food for your souls. I pray that it has been helpful to you. I pray that you listened. If you leave here with one truth from this word and allow that seed to grow in you as it relates to the Holy Spirit, then I believe that my job has been done. Some people, you already know, discontinue. Discontinue. Just, just, just continue to be a good steward of your relationship with him. Watch out for things that will hinder that relationship. Watch out for, for the tricks of the enemy. Satan is real. It's unfortunate that, that we watch so much bewis, Bewitched and Casper the Friendly Ghost and, and we watch so much stuff on television about witchcraft and demonology that we've kind of been desensitized to that realm of the spirit. But in the spiritual realm, Satan is still the prince of the power of the air and he's working in this world. He's affecting your minds. He's affecting your children's minds. You know, we want to attribute everything to, to psychology and we want to give medicine to fix everything, but some things just need to be, some demons just need to be cast out. There's no medicine that can fix it. You may want a pill because you think that's the easy way out. Just a pill can't fix a demon. There are some people who started out with the Lord. Maybe you didn't understand everything that there was to understand, but the Spirit of God has been reaching to you. He's been speaking to you. He's been trying to draw you back. He's not going to force you. Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force you, but he's going to keep prodding. He's going to keep reaching. He's going to keep sending his word because he loves you and he wants you in fellowship with him. Maybe this is the day you should say yes. Maybe this is the day that you should yield to him. I can't force anybody. I'm not trying to force anybody. But I want to give you that opportunity to say yes to the Lord. Lord, I surrender. I give my life to you. If you're watching me online and this word has touched you, has reached you, the Spirit of God is speaking to you, you can write to us. You can make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ right where you are in your home, on your job. If you're listening to this broadcast, the Spirit of God is reaching. You can make that commitment today. So this morning, if there's anybody in the sanctuary who wants to give your life to Jesus, I want you to, uh, as we pray for you, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. This is just to lead you in the confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You are saved because you have made a decision of your will to give your life to Jesus. You know that he died on the cross for your sins. You know that God raised him from the dead. You believe that without a shadow of a doubt. And you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life. There's no other way into heaven. There's no other way for your sins to be wiped away. 
except through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, the soul that sins shall surely die. Jesus took your place. He took my place in death so that we could be in relationship with God. And in that relationship with God is the relationship with the Holy Spirit. So if you want Jesus in your life, just or, or if you want the Holy Spirit in your life, you come through Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I deserve death because of my sin. But you took my place. Thank you, Lord, for taking my place in death. Thank you for dying for me, for taking, thank you for taking my punishment. Lord Jesus, I accept your sacrifice. And I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. I give my life to you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, the Lord has accepted that. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. We put that in context, that it's a decision of your will, because anyone who lived in that society in that day would not have just verbally accepted Jesus because it was such a danger to proclaim and accept Jesus as Savior and Lord. Today, we don't have that same danger here in the United States. Okay, If you were in Iraq or Pakistan or somewhere else, Afghanistan, you might have that danger if you proclaim Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. You might be killed. But we understand that we're not in danger of that. It's a decision of your will. You're convinced. So if you prayed that prayer, the Lord has received you. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become his children. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. 
Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.